I am now speaking to an absolute South African mountain biking legend, and not so much for his achievements on a bicycle, but rather for his achievements to conceptualize and develop the largest mountain bike stage race in the world, the Sani to Sea. And I'm, of course, speaking to farmer Glenn Hoare, the father of this iconic event. Farmer Glenn, welcome to the show. The first Sani to Sea was held in 2005 with around 600 riders. Um, and this year, the event attracted more than 4,200 riders from all corners of the world. Did you ever expect this race to become so big? No, no, Rick. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on your show. You know, it was, uh, it was started for a reason. It was uh, started before stage races in this country. Basically, we used to run a stage race called the Mono Wild Ride, and uh, that would went us into to starting a stage race for a little private school here in the community that I live. And uh, yeah, I never in my wildest dreams that I think it was going to go into the biggest race of its kind in the world. South Africa is also the country in the world with the most number of mountain bike stage races. Uh, I believe there are nearly 60 of these uh, multi-staged events. Farmer Glenn, why did the Sani 2C become so popular? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we ride a lot ourselves, so we understand exactly what the market wanted. And it was started for a real reason, you know, to raise money for the school. So we had a real uh, need and in the community for, for a private school. Yeah, the community really uh, got stuck in. I think we were fortunate that we were in early. So we got a bit of a head start and we got the numbers and we were able to do things that maybe other events that started later aren't able to afford to do because they just don't get the numbers. Yeah, so we focused always, you know, the route is king. So first and foremost, we understand that mountain bikers come to ride a great route. And we feel that over the years we've we've been been able to develop that, you know. So it's a point-to-point event going through so many different terrain types and uh, vegetation types. So it's it's always interesting, you know. Let's talk about the route. Uh, it starts uh, on your farm near Himville in KwaZulu Natal, and then it takes riders on a 260-kilometer snaking route through the southern Ragensburg into the Unkamaas Valley all the way through to Scottsboro on the KZN South Coast. Now, most of this trail is custom-built for mountain biking and has some spectacular views. And this is one of the key reasons why so many riders participate. Yes, exactly. Uh, we'll never lose sight of the fact that, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, it's all about the route. And then, uh, you know, other things are important after that, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, if, if the route's not good, you won't get the riders talking about it and you, you won't get them coming back. So we understand fully uh, what's needed to make a good route. We, our whole family rides uh, flat out. We've been involved with mountain biking before, but even mountain biking. So, so yeah, I think uh, we compete in a lot of other different events. We're always riding and, uh, you know, we, we can judge what the market wants, I think, uh, before most people do. So, yeah, we're part of our, ourselves of being innovative. We've done a whole lot of uh, things that, uh, that other events have copied. So, uh, yeah, we, we feel we're, we're sort of on the cutting edge of, of events. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a numbers game as well. So that helps us with running three events. Uh, you know, those uh, help to cover the to cover the costs of the route and the race villages and, uh, you know, bridges that we put up. And we're able to pay communities properly because of the numbers. So people at a water table then get paid for 4,200 people, not just for 150. So... It does make uh, life a lot easier for us and motivates all the communities. You know, it's a real community-based event. So, so uh, you know, these aren't professional people that offer all the services to the event. So it's important that we keep them uh, well-paid and happy and, uh, and they do a great job.
Glenn, the, the race is, is a massive logistical challenge. You have three different events being hosted over a period of five days in which uh, 4,200 cyclists participate. What are the logistics behind it? Uh, how many people actually work to put this whole uh, event together? Yeah, the logistics are massive. And uh, because uh, people aren't employed by, by the event themselves, you know, they work for their um, community organization and we pay that organization. So they're pretty much volunteers for the organization, whether it be a school or a church group or some essential organization within a community. What a community needs, you know, really to keep functioning and, and attracting people to work there and to to, to stay in the area and, and raise their kids, you know. So I've never, I've never really understood or had been to grips of exactly how many people there are, but I imagine at any one time in any race village during the running of the event, there are probably close to 500 people that are actually working, you know, preparing meals, washing bikes, uh, making sure the tents are serviced, the ablutions are, are, are run properly. Uh, we've got electricians full-time. We have a whole team of medics and doctors in each race village. You know, we've got mechanics uh, and uh, masseurs. So, so I think at any one time we've probably got at least 500 people in the race village, you know, but uh, the preparation before that is also massive. So I'd hate to know exactly how many people are involved. You know, you might get uh, an old age home that are shuttling vehicles from, from the start in Humble down to down to the school in Underberg and down in Scottville, you know. So that alone, I mean, I know one school did over 400 vehicles this year, so they needed 400 people to drive those cars. You know, they get paid well for doing that, and it's a, it's a big job, you know, it's a long drive. It's probably a good three-hour drive, and a round trip is a good day of out of their normal day, you know, but they're happy to offer that for whatever organization. Mostly schools, yeah, our focus is on schools. So it is, it's massive. I mean, we during the event, we have uh, Supergroup uh, sponsor us vehicles, so they partner with us logistically, and I mean, they have over 30 vehicles at the actual event, you know, eight-ton high-volume trucks just to move competitor kit, you know, so it's just the competitor's bags and clothing they need to move from, from one event to the next. So that on its own, uh, coordinating that is massive. I mean, Clovis of our supplies with, uh, with trucks or water trucks for the seconding tables. I mean, at any one time, they've got over 10 vehicles out on the route, you know, when all three events are running, which is the Thursday of that race week. You know, there'll be, there'll be 10 vehicles around, you know. We've got three helicopters uh, always uh, out on the route, you know, and a medical helicopter to make sure that we can get advanced life support to riders. And, you know, so, so logistically it's massive. We have uh, people um, in, at the hospitals, at the various hospitals, you know, because the rider might be brought in and, uh, you know, in the cycling gear and he's literally got to get admitted to hospital and he's got nothing, you know. And uh, from where he's coming to the hospital, is it's often three hour ambulance trip, you know. So, so we've got people in, in, at the various hospitals uh, making sure that they've got toothbrushes and pajamas and the next of kin have been spoken to and, and they've been looked after and uh, we find accommodation for the wife if she decides she needs to come down and, and be with her husband if he's landed himself in hospital. So it's a massive logistical task, but it's, it's uh, because we've used same service providers literally from day one, Everyone knows their game. Everyone knows what they need to do. Everyone each year improves a little bit. And, you know, that's all they have to do is, is just up their game slightly each year. And, and that combined effort makes a huge uh, huge difference to the overall experience of the riders. And, you know, that's what we, we basically have for. But the race is not all about mountain biking. You also do a lot of development work in the communities along the route and you see a lot of investment into infrastructure and other services uh, within these communities. Uh, tell us uh, about that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it was started for, as I, as I mentioned at the start of the show, I, you know, it was started for a real reason. And, and if you go to read our mission statement, it's basically to improve the lives of the people in the community. You know? And uh, first and foremost are the education we feel and to have good schools. And we, so we support schools fully. And thereafter, we'll support all the other worthy organizations, you know. But, uh, yeah, we focus on schools. Um, this past year, for the services that were provided for the event, the event paid out over 10 million rand to various organizations. No individuals get paid for doing stuff. They work for an organization and an organization gets paid. They need to pay someone individually for, for maybe for traveling or he's uh, done a lot of work and, and he needs to get compensated. Then that organization does that. So we literally, we uh, chat to different organizations and we set up a we set up some sort of partnership with them and uh, agree to pay them a certain amount and, and then they carry on and, and do the job, you know. So it's, um, yeah, it's it's huge, you know. I don't know of many events that that uh, put that sort of money back into community, you know. So so 10 million rand this last year, over 10 million was put back. Yeah, and then more than that, there's a whole lot of other spin-offs, you know. There's, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, and accommodation for supporters and spectators and family that will stay. I mean, they fully sold out. And so the injection into the community is huge and it's really valued. And I think that's why the community really pull out all the stops, you know, because they, they realize that this event means a whole lot for their school or for their organization. And the, the area must benefit tremendously. If you look at, say, I think the, the entry fee is around 15,000 Rand for a team, which consists of two people. With 4,200 riders, you're looking at around 30 million just in the entry fees and then the uh, additional costs, uh, accommodation and uh, food and drink and that type of thing. And then that must stimulate that whole area and can be seen as a cash injection into the area. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we'll try and, try and uh, get all our help from, from the area firstly. So we would, we would be reluctant to go and, and order medals from some big corporate no, we'd rather get some organisation in the community to actually make the medal. So, so right down to the last mile, the the route is built by people that live adjacent to the route. You know, so we we that's a huge cost for us. Uh, it's not a it's not a route that can be ridden any every the week like a lot of the other events will utilise existing trails. And um, our trail over 300 kilometres of it are it's purely used for the event. You know, it's closed for the rest of the year. So. So that in its own, just keeping that busy, we use a lot of people to keep that uh, in the condition that it is. I mean, it's literally blown um, each night before the riders come. So, so that's our that's our sort of standard, and and we'll stick to that. Yeah. So we also have uh, race villages. You know, a lot of events uh, are are sort of cloverleaf based, and a race village is a huge expense to the event. You know, so we've got uh, three different venues that we've developed over the years. I mean. One venue, you know, has got at least 70 showers and uh, over 120 toilets, and those are fully tiled. And you know, so the so the the standard is really high. I mean, we've bought properties and and erected permanent buildings on them. I mean, at uh, at Jollyville, which is the last overnight stop, the structure there is is 36 meters wide and and 100 meters long. You know, it can seat can seat 3,000 people, and and that's really purely for, for the event and, and, and we've had to do that sort of thing just because of the logistics around it, you know, setting up uh, temporary marquees and, and electrical and the safety standards and kitchens and cold rooms and, you know, cooking facilities is, is near impossible to cater for four, four and a half thousand people, you know, with the, with the crew and the media and that, we probably catering for, for over five thousand people. 
over the three days, you know, and that, to do that in a temporary setup for three days of the year is, is very difficult. So, so we've gone permanent. We've uh, stuck our necks out and invested a lot of money into property and to building a race village. But part of that uh, has been to create opportunity, you know, and that's what we're about. Uh, we've got uh, teams of tilers and plumbers and builders and bricklayers and you know uh, that that work in all the race villages year round now. So. So we've created opportunity for them. Some of some of the people that we've upskilled are running their own business. That Tyler, for, for instance, I mean, Musa is a is a guy that we upskilled together with Tyler Africa, one of our partners, and uh, you know he's running his own business now, and, and we've got to book him. So if we've got a project that we want to do, I've got to book him long in advance because he's he's running a successful business, a tiling business, and uh, you know that's what it's about. If if we can create employment for people and uh, create opportunities. That's part of what the event's doing. It's, it's not all about the ride. And, mm. and, you know, our hashtag is that it's not just about the ride, basically. It's mm. uh, it's about everything else that goes on around the ride as well. And you? You also own a big dairy farm uh, with more than 2,000 cows. Uh, so who are you? Are you a dairy farmer who organizes a little mountain bike stage race on the side? Or are you an organizer of this big mountain bike stage race with a little dairy farm on the side? No, I mean, as you speak to me now, I'm doing the last burning of the fire season. So so, uh, so we're, busy, uh, we're busy burning some brushwood and, and we've got a bit of forestry as well. But we milk predominantly we dairy farmers. Um, I'm third generation. My son's back on the farm now, so he's fourth generation. So my first love is obviously farming. And... Uh, you know, our kids needed to go to a school in the area, and and there there wasn't one that was any good at all. So we decided that we needed to do something about it, and we started the school called Linford Primary School in in the Kata area. And uh, you know, its its success has been due to Sony really. And uh, you know, I've I plan to live here for the rest of my life. I have my my kids and uh, and they my grandchildren farm here too. You know, so so it's a long haul. This it's it's not just a short term. Uh, opportunity that we saw that, that there was a market to make some money out of event organizing. So first and foremost, I'm a farmer and uh, who, who just loves mountain biking and, and uh, loves supporting communities. And yeah, so my passion really is, is farming, but uh, you know, when it's uh, sunny season and it's time to organize uh, the mountain bike race, then, uh, you know, the farm plays second fiddle. Fortunately, my son's here now, so, so uh, he keeps the, keeps the thing on the straight and narrow while, while I'm away. But uh, yeah, running 2,000 cows is, is uh, a big job, but it's part of our life and it's part of it's in our blood and, and it's what we love doing. So primarily I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dairy farmer and uh, we love organizing mountain bike events and riding mountain bikes. You know, I've done lots of, I've done pretty much every major race in the country and, mm. and a few times I paddle and I canoe. So life's busy, but it's all good. Thank you, Farmer Glenn. You have established a wonderful event which allows mountain bikers from all over South Africa and the world to come and visit and see our beautiful country and especially the spectacular route you have developed uh, in the southern Drakensberg. Uh, and also thank you for the wonderful development work you are doing in the area. Yeah, thanks, right. Thanks. Mm. It's been an honor to be on your show and good luck into the future. We're privileged to be able to be in this position to do what we do. So that's my honor. Thank you, Farmer. That was Farmer Glenn Hall. He is the father of the iconic Sony to see mountain bike race.